Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Yes. Toby is traveling back from Spokane. TJ is in Washington, D.C., where it appears as if he's having the time of his life. I, I, I joked about this in the open. My favorite TJ Perry thing in the world is his disdain for social media. Disdain, y'all. But when he goes on vacation, all about it. It's kind of like, hey, you guys are working. Look what I'm doing. Man's got to figure it out. So Drake is in today. And we're talking a lot of softball. This is my wheelhouse. This is what my passion is. And I'm, I'm so pumped to see how not just OU softball has become must-see, must-watch TV, but this sport in general. So we're an hour in, and I don't, I don't even know, Drake, if we've talked about the regional as a whole. I think I, think I got so excited about Oklahoma won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, the field is out. We have debates to be had about seeding and, and how certain teams were, were viewed the way they were, and then that same metric didn't apply to other teams. And I mean, there's a lot of great debate to be had. And there's a lot of hand-wringing and fighting over it. So that's, you know, that's, that's part of the gig. But here's Oklahoma's regional, which will start on Friday. Now, they, they usually only have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if it involves a team that uh, has some sort of religion. It's BYU. Usually would get a Thursday, Friday, Saturday if you have BYU in your regional. But since BYU didn't make the field for Oklahoma, they will play Hofstra. They'll play Hofstra this Friday at 4 p.m. So we're going to learn about Hofstra this week, but Hofstra this Friday at 4 p.m. The other game in the regional, the other two teams, actually a, a, a pretty fascinating matchup because it's Missouri and Cal. Cal's got a run rule win over UCLA this week, uh, this season. Uh, Missouri's kind of been up and down. They've, I mean, to be honest, these had been two schools that for a while had been projected to come to Norman. So that's the Norman Regional. You get OU and Hofstra, and then you get Missouri and Cal. Pretty tough. What'd you make overall, Drake, of the draw that Oklahoma got in its regional? I mean, as far as Mizzou and Cal goes, it's a couple of names that are pretty easily discernible for most True. just sports fans in general. I, I mean, I, I look at it and say, you know, with the way that OU has been so dominant this year and as deep as they are, they aren't necessarily two teams that are necessarily threats. But if you were to say if there's a team that could possibly sneak up on, I'll flip the script and ask you this. If there's a team out of this field of three mm-hmm. that OU's going to host this weekend, who poses the biggest threat to mm-hmm. uh, possibly snap the win streak? Good question. I mean, they each have wins that they can hang their hats on. I'm not – no offense to Hofstra. You know, Hofstra, you go back a couple years ago, had an absolute rock star pitching staff. But every time that they've 
stepped up this year. They've they've been beaten fairly handily. Now they, I, I guess you could hypothetically say, you know, Boston College is a, is a good team, and they uh, they they beat them or they lost to them twice by a combined score of six to four. I had a one zip game in the opener, and then a five to four game in the series finale back in March, early March, but got run ruled by them. Um, they they don't own a win over a Power Five conference team. And, you know, when Oklahoma played a team from their, their conference this year, I know that, you know, they did I, I kept thinking Army was in their conference. But Oklahoma has had a, a pretty good handle over teams from the CAA. So, I'm, you know, in, in years past, you might look at, ooh, that's – when UMBC came here, when UMBC came here, I was worried. They had a pitcher. I think it was Courtney Coppersmith was her name. She was a freak. I mean, she was absolutely incredible. And I was worried about that game a little bit. And Oklahoma run rolled them. So I've, you know, North Dakota State beat OU in 2017, but I don't think Hofstra is the kind of team that comes in here and I worry about them too much. Cal, on the other hand, they're an intriguing team, right? They've got a couple of wins over tournament teams. Uh, they've they played really well in conference play this year. It was a big bounce back year. They they won their series over UCLA. Or excuse me, they won their, their uh, Saturday game over UCLA in run rule fashion in Berkeley. But that was was kind of the banner moment for their season. They got uh, beat. I don't I don't know that they won another series in Pac-12 play the rest of the year after that. Um, outside oh Arizona. They beat Arizona in the in the Pac probably knocked Arizona out of the tournament whenever they beat them in in late May. But I'm not I, I would probably say Missouri. I would probably say Missouri just because SEC and, you know, you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle every now and then, though. This is a, this is a Missouri team that kind of is very similar to Cal. They don't have a, they don't have a marquee series win on their, on their docket. You know, their, their last SEC series win was actually Arkansas heading into the SEC tournament. And then they got smoked by Alabama in, in Fayetteville after barely getting by Mississippi State. So Missouri would be the team, Drake, that I would worry about maybe being able to give the Sooners a decent game. But I'm not – I'm not – there's this part of the softball fandom where people revolt against, say, the, the cockiness of it. And I don't want that to be the case. I'm not saying – Oh, it doesn't matter who comes here. Oklahoma is the dominant force. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want that to come across. Any of these teams, right? Anyone could beat anyone in this tournament. That's why you're one of the 64 best teams in college softball. You're in here because anyone could beat anyone. And there's not a single team that's left out of this tournament that doesn't have themselves to blame. But if you're putting spreads on this thing, Oklahoma is a decisive favorite over the three teams in their regional. So with that in mind, last night, I had a chance to host the SiriusXM softball selection show. And our very first guest out of the gate was Patty Gasso. So I'm joined in this interview with Nicole Arbach and Danny Wexelman. And we talked to Coach, and I just started overall asking her her thoughts on said regional and what stood out to her. This was Patty Gasso for last night on ESPN, uh, on College Sports Radio. Um, 
one thing I'd say is both teams uh, in the way of Cal and Missouri, both playing good conferences, play tough competition, and they have good history in their programs. So um, that is a challenge without question. So um, I don't know that we get a lot of favors as number one, but we're ready. We'll be ready. Coach, congratulations uh, on number one overall seed and a chance to go for a third straight national championship. Want to get your thoughts on what it feels like to be in a 43-game win streak. Like, at what point, I mean, obviously you're making history, but, like, do do people start having superstitions? Do you get nervous? Like, what does it feel like? I don't even think about it until somebody says something about it. And I didn't even know. And we don't talk about it. We do not talk about it. Do the players on their own? Maybe. But we, I never address it with them. I never talk about it. Um, you know, we're just not a team that's trying to break records. We're just a team that's trying to win. And so those things, they're nice if they happen. But no one's going to lose sleep if it doesn't. Um, well, we might because if we don't, that means we're losing. So. <laughs> Um, it's just not something that we spend a lot of time talking about or, you know, thinking about or planning for, to be honest. Coach, one more congrats from me. Thanks for giving us some time. I know it's a busy night for you all. And, and of all the stats and the records and the streaks that are going on right now, you've got another team that has the chance to win it all. What separates this team from teams of past and makes them dangerous this season? I just think they're really strong top to bottom. And the fact that I have people on the bench that are waiting to come in that can do the same thing. So the biggest challenge for me is trying to keep all these players happy because they're that good. So the balance is probably beyond anything I've ever had. From the pitching staff, where we've got four aces and they all look different and they all can, you know, be very effective. It's really nice and uh, effective to put them back to back or put, you know, somebody in to start the first three and then finish the next three with someone who looks completely different, which really works for us. Um, We have the ability with our depth to create matchups. So, if a lefty-lefty matchup doesn't work, we've got righties that can step in and get it done. If there's certain hitters that are not so good with certain type of pitches, we have another hitter who can play that position and get it done. You know, So we just keep passing it around. We, we put together a team or a, a lineup. Sometimes we'll put three lineups together if they have three different pitchers that could be pitching and then just whoever they name as the pitcher, that's the lineup we take. So we put a lot of time into numbers and looking at the matchups and who it favors and, you know, just do a lot of research to create the right lineup for the right pitcher. Patty Gasso is our guest coach. How, I don't know if the term would be rewarding, maybe exciting. Is it, to see these newcomers not only contribute, but really start to find their way as we get towards the postseason, specifically seeing what Sydney Sanders has done over the last month after she struggled, 
and that weekend that Haley Lee had in the Big 12 after she had been struggling just a bit. For some of these players, they're in situations they, they haven't been in before, but how big of a deal is it for you and how exciting is it to see them improve the way that they have? Oh, it's, it's so needed right now. They're a big part of our lineup. And so it's exciting to see that happen. And what I love about those two athletes that joined our team is they came in not knowing what, what we were like. And when you come into the Sooner program, it's fight or flight. <laughs> like you've got to get in and you've got to figure out what this team is like, what is expected of me. And you've got to fight. And if you don't, and if you have a choice, you either go all in like everybody else. And if you don't, you're going to be lost. You're not, you're not going to want to stay. And that's usually how it works. And so the team that's been here for a while, they demand that, you know, they push for that. They, you, you can't just sit back and watch. You've got to jump right in. And they do a really good job of managing that with the players and making it easy to understand and helping them along the way, helping them when maybe they're just in a slump and talking them through it. Uh, so I, I think the team has really created this environment for athletes to come in and understand how to flourish. And it might look different than other programs. I'm not sure, but I just know it works for us. Coach, your son, DJ, was part of the first team to win a Pac-12 softball tournament last night. They get to host as a number 15 national seed. Uh, what has it been like to to watch him and, and his program have success? What was it like to watch them win the Pac-12 tournament last night? Well, first I'll tell you that I was in front of my team today, we're watching, and I'm holding my breath because I'm thinking Utah's going to be number 16, and I don't want to play Utah. Not right no. now. <laughs> they, are, they are hot. They're one of the hottest teams out there, fearless, and very fun to watch. With that being said, I watched them last night, and I stayed up every second because I was in, completely engaged, and I understand a lot about Utah. Uh, Utah's dynamic and what it would look like against UCLA because we're very familiar with UCLA. And I thought the game plan was outstanding. I thought the pitching was outstanding. But I felt the energy like nothing I've seen from the Utes. So um, I'm really proud of DJ. And Paige Parker pitched for us for four years, was four-time All-American and just an absolute star on the mound. And really changed the the culture of our program to just constant winning. When she came in, we we were on that path, and she just continued to take us there. So those two together with Amy Hogue, their head coach, is just a really good combination of passion and smarts and experience from Amy, and she's done a good job of raising those two into the coaching world. But I couldn't be more proud, but I couldn't be more happy that we're not – we're not play. I'd love to see them here, but I don't want to play them. <laughs> that is such a good answer. Along those lines, Coach, we've got seven teams <laughs> who are making their first ever tournament appearance, and we've heard the word parody thrown out a lot. 
what is your reaction to the field that's been set and where college softball is today? Yeah, well, there's a lot of teams that, you know, I haven't been keeping up with and, and names that I had no idea. I look at their records and I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, like uh, Missouri, Kansas City, I know they're going to OSU, I think. I think that's. I think they stuck Wichita exactly State there. Yeah. Who was it? Yeah, Wichita State that they stuck there with. Wichita State and, um, let's see, who else was with OSU? UMBC? UMBC, yeah. UM, yeah, UMBC. BC, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know there's pitching going on there. Like, I, there, every Boston University's record, and knowing that if you've got a good pitcher and some decent athletes, you can do some things. And so there's a lot of names there that I wasn't expecting or not following. So I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, yet there was also some names that, have been there for a long time, like Arizona and Michigan and, you know, teams like mm-hmm. that. So those, those were surprises, but I, again, I'm just kind of numb to what's going on, except what's going on mm-hmm. in Norman. So, um, yeah, it's just different to see names like Arizona, not in the tournament. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on in our sport. That's going to make it even more exciting going forward. Uh, Coach, we'll just let you go on this overall Big 12 regular season championship, Big 12 tournament championship. Feeling pretty good about the way this team as a whole is playing right now and coming together? Yeah. So, hey, am I supposed to act like I don't know you or what? Because <laughs> you're talking to me like you don't I'm, know me. Well, no, but see, I just I'm trying to keep it very general, you know, so we're not like drilling in and I'm not nerding out such about it. You know, coach. I, I mean, you know, it's all about Haley Lee's slide and you running down the third baseline with her. I mean, these are all the things that I want to talk about, but I'm just trying to make sure everyone truly knows how hard this team is working. Dude is so serious. Um, who is this? Um, I have, um, I'll tell you what, I, we, believe it or not, we haven't peaked yet. And our team just admitted it. So we're playing – we played well this weekend. Uh, I think you get Haley Lee's swing back, you get Sid Sanders going, and you get some of these guys on all cylinders. It's going to be something special to watch. Our pitchers are on point. Our defense is on point. There have been – and it's natural to have a lineup where you have a few that might be struggling a bit. But uh, I feel – our five, six, seven, eight, nine hitters this last weekend were really good and very clutch. So now you're talking about Jada Coleman, Tiare Jennings, I guess Sid Sanders. I can't remember who was hitting four, but I mean, these were, we were scoring runs and finding ways to win without some of our elite, elite athletes. And so that was a good sign for us. And they walked in very business-like to the uh, Big 12 tournament and just let's get in, let's get it done. And very serious, very focused, very passionate. Uh, It was fun. It was fun to watch. And I I am very anxious to see how they approach postseason now. There you go. Told you, Drake. Told you. (laughs) That was beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Busted my chops when she got the first opportunity. I mean, I could, I just love her. 
I just love her to death, man. She's like, the absolute best. Like I text you, life could be a lot worse than having the goat bust your chops like that. <laughs> she made my Saturday, man. You and Poppy, Patty, you made my Saturday. Quick break. We'll come. I, we're way off the clock. I didn't. I forgot how long that was, but I think it's well worth it when you hear from the goat. So um, let's get your reaction. The best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here on a Monday with Drake and Plank and for T-Row and TJ on the Home of Sooner Fans. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. Black Thunder Roofing brings you this second hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network. Not T-Row and TJ this morning. You get Drake and Plank with you. Plank and Drake, however you want to say it. Uh, Black Thunder Roofing, like I said, they bring you this hour of the T-Row in the morning show. We had hailstorms in the area uh, just last week. If you were affected by any of these hailstorms here in the metro area, Black Thunder Roofing is here to help serve you. They've been serving Oklahoma for quite some time now, and not only that, they are one of the top-rated roofers on Home Advisor. They've even earned the Home Advisor Elite Service Award time and time again. Black Thunder Roofing, or call them at 405-473-8028. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet, text line plank. Uh, Okay, so one of the texts that we got on here, I think that you can read off of the uh, preview. You could (laughs) have just taken it as a shot at you, Plank. Do I have to listen to Chris for six hours today? <laughs> Ugh. It goes on to say, next line, just kidding, man. I am all in for six hours of playing, possibly. So No, it's not. Don't worry. The, the bosses are smart enough to yeah. not put you through that, nor would I want anyone to be subjected to that. Now, the other part of it is, I mean, I just, you guys, I'm eating up with it. I, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm really eating up with college softball right now. And it's been my first year I did softball was 16. So this has been outside of 20 whenever everything got shut down. And, you know, 19 whenever, I'm sorry, 21 whenever it was still kind of tough as far as crowds were concerned. But I just, I'm very grateful for our station. I'm very grateful for our station. Because I think, Drake, you can attest to this and – you know, whenever I, whenever I came down here, whenever I moved down in 15, I had no plans to do softball. And then my kids started wanting or to do uh, radio anymore outside of just working for OU. But then my girls got older and they started wanting crap like horses and then the <laughs> wife needed chickens. And it's just, it's ridiculous. But I, I fa- I've fallen in love with this radio station. And I hope you guys have too. Because, you know, there's some places that would rather sit and talk about draft lottery. And that's fine. We'll talk about it. There's some places that are going to be enamored with talking about the NBA playoffs, and that's fine. We're going to talk about it, too. Um, there's some places that would rather sit and talk about the NFL. Trust me, I, I do it every Sunday night here on The Ref on Fox Sports Radio. But I love that we can sit here every day from if it's T-Row or Steelman or, or Parker and, and uh, Tyler and Teddy and Drake. I mean, we, 
we can talk about anything OU, and you guys are fired up about it. And that's what I love. In fact, one of the texts we got this morning was, hey, what about defensive line depth? I mean, hey, I'm always down for a good OU football conversation. But I love the idea that we can talk about things like the Diamond Sports, and if we want to get in, you know, Ryan Hibble swings by a lot on T. Rose's show. I just love it. It's, it's been a very, very incredibly joyful experience. And it helps whenever the team is really good. So, yeah. Um, I could I could talk 12 hours. I might try. You know, I'm sitting here going through numbers. <laughs> Speaking of softball. You know, Jordy Ball. I don't think Jordy Ball's given up a run in relief this year. I don't think Jordy Ball's given up a run coming out of the pin. Now, I got to dig a little deeper. Sometimes on these game-by-game stats, uh, they make it easy to see which games they started. Um, not as easy unless I'm missing something, Patrick on the OU side of things. But I don't think she's given up a run out of the pin this year. And Drake, after that game in Starkville, when Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma won 9-3. They they scored nine runs in the first inning and just completely dominated Mississippi State. But Jordy might have had her roughest two innings of the season. She gave up three hits, two runs, and walked four. Since that moment, leading into her start in Bedlam, she had only allowed one earned run in 55 and two-thirds of an inning. And if you want to add Bedlam to it in the Big 12 tournament, all right, well, in 62, 60, in 66 and uh, two-thirds of an inning, she's only allowed four earned runs since the Mississippi State game. It's just ridiculous the run that she's been on recently. So, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that we get to nerd out on it. Anywhere else you want to go on the uh, text line? No, the only thing I'd say on that, too, is, is, I mean, the one thing that you, that everybody that's associated with that program when it comes to Jordy Ball is just how much, it, like, some people in sports are just built differently and ultra-competitive, and Jordy Ball's been one of those people that, someone's always pointed to on this softball team in particular. Mm -hmm. And she is somebody that had her first taste of coming out of the bullpen last year after her injury and the women's college world series, if I remember correctly. And I'm sure with the way that she performed, even though the circumstances being what they were and how she was coming off of injury, she wasn't pleased at all with how it is that she came out of the pen last year even though everybody understands that she was coming off of injury because of the competitiveness that everybody talks about with her. I'm sure that that's probably something else that she looked at coming into sure. the off season last year. Like this is what I have to do differently. I'm at, I'm going to teach myself how to come out of the pin better, how to be better prepared for something like this. Cause I don't want this to be me. Uh, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. Agree a hundred percent. Um, there's there's so much good stuff here. There's so much good stuff here. But I, I want to hit – can I hit one quick text that popped in? Yeah. All yeah. right. Oh, it's already 7.34. Let's do it after the break. Okay. I, I, I broke the clock earlier. We had Patty Gasso on from our selection show on SiriusXM last night. Uh, Steel Man's uh, already reached out, so I'm going to send him a, a couple of cuts on it. But I, I, I love this question from the 678, and we'll hit it next on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. 
All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We've been, uh, wait, hold on. With Drake Dykin, I'm Chris Plank. This is the T-Row in the Morning Show. Good Lord. It's, it's all right. Only, hey, you know what? what? Toby calls me TJ about mm, a third of the time anyway. So hey, it's, I, you know it's what? It's just what comes natural to you, okay? It took an hour and a half. One yeah. hour and yeah. 39 minutes for me to make my first mistake on which show I was yeah. on. So I, I wanted to bring up this quick rules question because if there is one thing that I am constantly learning about, it's, you know, the rules differences and the updates and the changes. And I, I hope I do a good job in sharing that with the audience because it's constantly, it's constantly evolving. I think softball is in a really good spot with its rules right now. We had Coach Gasso on the, uh, we had Coach Gasso on the show the other day and I asked him, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, we've, since I started in 2016, a lot of things have changed. You know, when I, I think it was like after the 14, every time there is something that happens in the World Series, the college softball world reacts. And I want to say that they worked on the lane, keeping the pitchers in the lane after a couple of years. You know, 2016 was the year that the illegal pitch was changed to where, you know, the illegal pitch used to cost you a base. I mean, go back and watch that 2016 Oklahoma-Kansas game, and OU lost at home to Kansas because I think there were three illegal pitches, and at that time, if you threw an illegal pitch, it cost you base. Now it's just ball or, you know, it, it, it's a delayed dead ball. So that's changed. The uh, batter out of the box has been a rule that's changed quite a bit. You know, it used to be any time that you stepped out of the box, you're instantly, you're, hey, you're out. You made contact with the ball, you're out of the box, you're out. And now it's, again, that delayed dead ball where the, the opponents can take the play or, you know, Avery Hodge has been dinged by this twice or they have to go back and just replay it. So there, there's been a lot of changes. Replay has been a massive change for softball. I'm still of the belief that in 2018, if replay was there, Things that happened positive for Washington wouldn't have happened, but I've let that grudge go. But Coach had talked about, like, the, the foul pole, something that she wanted to see changed. And um, it, was, <laughs> it was interesting because there was an actual rule change over the last couple of years that extended the minimum height of the foul pole. And it extended it by 30 feet. <laughs> because in 20, into 2022, the foul pole – um, extended a minimum of 10 feet or the recommended height of at least 20. That was added to 40 feet, and it's encouraging institutions to raise their foul poles to help umpires in making you know that important judgment call down the line. So we, we've seen that change. But this question is a good one, and I think it, I think somewhere in between is something that softball has been doing. So there's all the rule changes that we've talked about, but the six seven eight asks a very good question. While watching the Bama-Arkansas game, Beth Moens and Michelle Smith said they would like to see a pitch clock implemented. I don't like the idea, and I think it would add chaos. What are your thoughts? All right, here's my thoughts. There is already a pitch clock in softball. It's just, it's not there for everyone to see. There is a pitch clock in softball. And it's, let me give you the details of this, and I just called to double-check and make sure, and thanks to Jackie Livingston. But it's called the 10-10-5 rule, and it applies to both the pitcher and the batter. Um, 
once the PU determines the first 10-second count should start, the pitcher must be on the pitcher's uh, rubber and in the batter, uh, the batter in the batter's box within this 10 seconds. So, I mean, it's, I'm not saying they don't know the rules. I mean, Michelle Smith obviously knows the rule book and understands it, but to say, hey, we need a, a pitch clock here in softball, there is one. It's just they don't put it up on the board like baseball does and like college baseball has had to. So, yeah, that's – I mean, that's – I don't think you need to put it up on the outfield wall. I don't think you need that. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a problem in softball. Do you know what makes softball games longer than anything else? It's not the pitcher. It's not the batter. It's the amount of time that TV takes for commercial breaks. You know, you go from maybe a minute – during the early season, a minute 30, and then you get up to two minutes. So by the time we get to the World Series, it's like three minutes between innings. And so you're adding, you know, just in that, in college softball, let's say you, you play seven inning games. I mean, you're adding, what, almost 15 minutes to the game? Math has never really been my strong suit, but it's just, yeah, I, I don't think softball needs to be tinkered with anymore as far as the time is concerned. And there's a part of me that, I mean, I'm, I got to admit, Drake, I'm kind of impressed with how it has not become an issue in baseball, right? Everyone was hand-wringing at the start of the season, and now all of a sudden, I mean, you very rarely, if ever, see a pitch clock violation or a uh, – unless Cody Bellinger is getting saluted by Dodger fans. <laughs> I mean, you very rarely see uh, even hitting clock violations right now. It's kind of like they knew the rules, they adapted, and it's fine – I don't, I don't think you need that in softball just because the SEC tournament was taking forever because TV had to fit in all their commercial breaks. Yeah, no, I mean, in baseball, you will see occasionally probably one or two per day across all of Major League Baseball, which just is not very many. Uh, and it'll go both ways. It'll be a pitcher taking too long or a hitter taking too long to get into the batter's box. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, what it sounds like – so how long has – did you say how long softball has had the essentially a pitch clock in place without physically having? I feel like it's been fans? since I mean, at least I've started following it. We got a lot of really smart people on the softball rules side of things. I I'm texting a lot with my buddy Steve York, who's a former umpire. I got a few umpires that sit around me, and they make you smarter, right? Now they might make you feel stupid at first, but they make you feel smarter about the game because they learn you up. And I just I don't. Again, I, I don't think it's something that people look at softball and are like, geez, get this pitcher back in the circle. I mean, most most teams, they want to go. You know, no, the only team that I've seen this year that doesn't want to go and get rolling is Oklahoma State. And it's show look at their game times. People want to say, what's wrong with Oklahoma State? They take too damn long. You get a pitcher out there and she's going <laughs> to – you're going to kick around dirt a little bit, stare in the dugout, wait around, then you're like, I'm, I'm waiting here forever. I'm surprised that they haven't been a team that's been deemed with some of these pitch clock violations with the amount of time that they take. So, yes, there is one in softball. It's just it's not out there on the scoreboard or on the, the TV side. It's kind of something internally with the umpire, too. So I hope that helps answer your question. Meanwhile, one other um, – one other one other text that I wanted to get to here real quick, not to completely implode the next segment or anything, Drake, but I, I thought this was a really good point as well. 
And I guess, you know, instead of a, a text, this is more of a, of a tweet. Jacob Owens hit us up early. By the way, can I quick aside? The very first tweet into the show this morning was Trey Linda Kerr. Do you know what I love about Trey Linda Kerr? She listens to everything OU. She is always there to support the Sooners. And any question that she asks me on Twitter, by the time I actually get around to answering it, five other people have already answered it for me. So, Trey Linda, I'm sorry, but I feel like you've got a crew that's ready to answer any question that you have, my friend. But Jacob asks this question. He says, I'm still shocked at what the committee did with Bam and Oklahoma State. I get rewarding tough schedules, but wins and losses have to matter. Both had more bad losses than good wins, in my opinion. Well, let's get into that next. We've kind of we've delayed talking about the seeding side of this. We know what Oklahoma's regional looks like. Um, maybe at uh, 8.30 this morning, I'll kind of dive into the, the, the best and the worst of the seeding jobs that were done. But I don't really have a good answer for that, Jacob, but I'll do my best to try and answer it next. With Drake, I'm Plank, sitting in for Toby and TJ right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Final segment of Hour 2 of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Here on the ref of the home of Sooner fans, Drake and Plankin for TJ and T-Row today. Hour of the Hero in the Morning Show. It's brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing. If your home was affected by any of the storms last week or even last month, a locally owned and operated roofing company you can trust is Black Thunder Roofing. They are a top-rated home advisor, elite service award winner, and recipients of many Angie's List Superior Service Awards as well. Give them a call, 405-473-8028 for free estimates there. Go to blackthunderroofing.com. couple Quick, quick text here. Sorry for you, Plank. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm sorry. I went too long last. No, you're you're fine. Block. You're fine. Um, Toby, I'm not sure what it is today, but you sound more brilliant today. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, Kenneffelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Another one here. Uh, didn't Texas slow play earlier this year forfeit the game? I, I think people are talk- uh, thinking of that Kentucky. You're game. right. Um, forfeit it just a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is dumb. Yeah. But uh, travel restrictions. <laughs> the very first, can I tell you a funny story about travel? Yeah. Drop dead times? Yeah. I'd never heard of it before in my life. Never heard of it before in my life. And I'm calling a baseball series. And Craig Moran was doing the game with me. And it was Pepperdine. And I was feeling really good because I thought I had a good week in calling games. I was, I had never done college baseball before. I had done baseball but I'd never done college baseball. And they get to the, uh, I think it was like the seventh inning, and the umpire calls the game. And I'm like, what What just happened? What's going on? I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and, and Craig kind of looks at me. He's like, I don't know. Hold on just a second. And he, like, literally took the headset off and took one step and came back. He was like, oh, drop dead time, travel restrictions. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both teams agreed before the game and laid it all out. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah. Travel time in that game, it was BS. Both both teams were a little bit guilty of trying to do some things to speed it up or slow it down. But, yeah, Texas obviously didn't get the benefit of it come seeding time. Yeah, Anything but Mike White's hit? the easy, easy uh, kind of guy, the villain in that situation, right, for OU fans especially. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I've got I've got no personal beef with Mike White. Um, I've interviewed him twice, and one of those was in my responsibility with Westwood One. The other was in a responsibility with Sirius XM. Um, I just don't think he's a very respectful person. I don't. I don't think that he. I don't think he gives Patty Gasso the credit she deserves. And I know I'm falling into that 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 category of the fan where everyone's like, "How can you not give him respect?" He refuses to, and I've never really understood why. It's it's okay to look and say, "Dang man, she's got something pretty special going on," instead of, "Oh well, you know whatever's going on there." I just think think he's very disrespectful of OU. And specifically, Patty Gasso. Well, and it's funny because you, whenever you get to talk to people that work in athletic departments, you kind of hear things about how some coaches are mm-hmm. uh, to work for and everything. And, you know, I don't have a ton of people that I'm able to talk to that are able to divulge a ton of information about what it is that uh, goes on in the softball community. But the few that I have talked to, have like I just generally asked the question who's kind of the biggest jerk in like this sport that sport so on and so forth and I've had multiple people tell me in the softball community that yeah Mike, Mike, Mike White. White is kind of the guy yeah. that you don't necessarily want to work with this aggression will not stand man anyway I uh it's it, you step back and you're like hey he's done a pretty good job but the way he handled his exit from Oregon how he talks to his players, how he, I mean, his, his associate head coach is kind of a lunatic anyway, watching Steve Singleton bounce around out there. But I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. All right, uh, texts are good, but we've got to hit the other top stories of the weekend. We'll do it next right here on the T-Row in the Morning Show. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. No, we don't get a break. <laughs> this is the home of Sooner fans. The Red Sports Radio Network.